When first heard, they horrified millions of people. These are tales from La Mano Peluda. Stories, folklore, legends, leyendas, cuentos, y más. This is Spooky Tales. Listen, escuchen, at your own risk. This is Christina. And this is MJ. And welcome to another episode of A Spooky Tales. We've gotten a bunch of new listeners in the past, like, I don't know, two months since mm-hmm. we went on hiatus. Yeah. So um, welcome, new listeners. We are happy you're here. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, today, we will be skipping our listener story because we have a very long episode. Yes possibly your longest i think so because the amount of notes i have and you have yep yeah (laughs) yeah so today we're going to be talking about two very creepy and famous cases from the radio show called la mano peluda for those of you who don't know uh this was a very popular cult radio show that was from mexico but it ran like in a lot of different places. You could hear it in the... Yeah, I think it was also in the United States. I remember my mom listening to it. Mm-hmm, yeah, you could hate it, hear it in the United States. You could hear it in a, a lot of different places in Latin America, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it ran for 22 years with Damn. the host Juan Ramon Science from 1995 to 2010 with him. And it's still going right now with a different host. And I think it ran daily from like 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. Yeah. Wait, I thought his name was Victor Manuel. Oh, that might have been a different host then. The fans of the show are called Peluda Maniacos. <laughs> oh, he's from La Mano Pach, like the Pachona, which I don't know. Um, especially- oh, sorry to cut you off. It, <laughs> you, it was La Mano Pachona, and then they changed the name to Peluda. Oh, so this, yeah. <laughs> so he was. Um, I think he must have been before the host. That I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I think it was before the transition. Because I was like, wait, 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 what? Because I listened to the thing. But okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. (laughs) So just to keep it simple, it's all from La Mano Peluda, which used to be called La Mano Pachona. Pachona. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to do the same thing. (laughs) Panocha. Yes. Don't get confused with that, you guys. Please don't, yeah. (laughs) There's going to be a huerito who's listening to to it. Can't remember if it was Pachona or Peluda. He says the wrong thing. And then for our non-Latino Latinx listeners, this show was kind of like the one that is from here, from the U.S. Um, Fuck, what's it called? Would it be Coast to Coast somewhere? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is like the Mexican Coast coast to Coast. Okay. It's a way to think about it. And the precursor precursor to all like paranormal podcasts, you could say. I would say so, because this is yeah. like iconic. An inspiration, truly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, MJ, you're gonna go first because yeah, mine <laughs> yes. is very long. <laughs> yes. I mean mine's long too, but like Christina's is it's long the the <laughs> phone call was long and then there's things that happen after. So I'm yeah. excited. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's do it. So 
I got El Caso de Clarita, an English Clarita's case. Um, so a woman that goes by the name of Clarita calls into La Mano Pachona. She's very distressed and jumps from one topic to another. She's emotional, crying, and from the way she speaks, she seems to have her thoughts racing a mile a minute. So I did my best to tran- to transcribe and translate. There were things that I had to cut off because she would either jumble her words or she would completely stop like mid sentence and then completely change subjects. She was very um, weird. Yeah. She was very distressed. So Mm, keep that in mind. And also I changed uh, some, not some things, but to make it in English because when you uh, do a literal translation from Spanish to English, it doesn't always make sense. Like there's things just don't translate. Yeah. Some things just don't translate. So my son is a scout, which I assume she means boy scout. He, oh, okay. And and this is what she says. This is in her words. Oh, so are you going to be doing it like from her? From yeah, like, so if she's reading so, it. Yeah, and some uh, it's like sometimes like she's reading it, and then sometimes I just I had to shorten it because it was like repetitive, mm-hmm. and I, I will it. I get it now. I will let y'all know where she is repeating a lot of what she's saying. Okay, I'm excited because I've only read about this. I haven't like listened to yeah, it and or then, like know much about it. And then last night I found like two possible conspiracy theories attached. To- I don't like Ooh, you'll see. You guys will see. Like um, there's, you know, if they're true or not is up to you guys to decide. But anyway, sorry, I'm like all over the place. Uh, my son, <laughs> my son is a scout, and I think she means Boy Scout. Do they have Boy Scouts in Mexico? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) He is a normal boy with a nine in school. And uh, for our listeners, reference schools in Latin America, and in this case, Mexico, they score out of 10. So 10 being the highest grade you could get. It's like an A. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, Last year, he got a first place average 10 score. And now he knows everything that happens in my house. I know that everything I say you will not believe. When someone knocks on the door, he says, Mama, open the door because it's so-and-so, and they are here. We wouldn't know who it was because they still hadn't arrived. The other day, and in this part, um, the the audio quality is uh, is a little bit, like, wonky. So I don't know if she says, my sister se cayó or se mudó, which either translates to my sister fell or my sister moved. Oh shit! Her son's like psychic or something. Yeah, it's like like he has a premonition. He knows exactly what's happening. So, okay, okay. So something happened with her sister. She either fell or she moved, and she says, and she continues. And my sister lives in Cancun, and he gave me the news before she did. I threw the Ouija board, and by, by threw it, I mean I threw it on the floor, and he tells me, "Don't do it, Mama. Don't mess with that." Hmm. I don't know why I put I threw it away when it, she says I threw it like she threw it on the floor. So she was using it. I, I think like she saw it and her son was using it. And oh. like she was like, she, okay, like threw it, you know. Okay. Oh, this reminds me. Um, How is I so I've been pronouncing Ouija like Ouija, but I heard someone say Ouija. I don't know. I say Ouija. Yeah, and then in my TikTok video about the Vallecas case, someone was like, why are you pronouncing it like that? And now I understand why they commented. <laughs> I think it's Ouija. 
Is it Ouija? No, it's Ouija for us in Spanish. I think in English it's Ouija, not Ouija. And I don't know where I heard Ouija. I have no idea. I've always heard, I've always pronounced it Ouija. So. (laughs) Me too. Someone, someone tell us. (laughs) Someone, I'm going to say Ouija. And, you know, if it wasn't before, it is now. So so let's continue. (laughs) Yes. So I'm going to like also give my notes as I'm doing this because. It's a lot of what she says, she doesn't explain fully. She just like Well, just like this. I was confused. I was like, where did the I don't Yeah, yeah, I know. Like she like like I'm telling you, she makes she's so erratic, she makes no sense. But from my from what I gather from what I guess, you know, after listening to it, you kinda like start understanding what she's saying, but not like you know, you have to see the whole picture because she's like all over the place, the poor woman. And from what I gather is that after she threw the Ouija, he changed dramatically. Like, he was already, like, you know, in a bad place. And then after she did that, he got worse. Oh, okay. So that's, yeah, like, I'm telling you, this poor woman was all over the place and listening to the audio. And I was, like, transcribing late late at night. And I was like, whose bright idea was this? Mine. (laughs) Because I didn't do it earlier. And then she continues. And right now, every night, I see him awake. He hardly sleeps. He heart- he eats very little. Three days ago, my brother had a problem and everything he told me. So pause. Uh, he- her son, quote unquote, knows everything. When uh, things happen, no matter where they take place, her son knows automatically what is going on. Oh. Like he either has like a premonition or he can... He he sees what what things are happening in other places. It's uh, it's weird. Anyway, so back to what she's saying. Uh, he tells me everything, and he tells me not to mess with the the board. That this isn't just a piece of wood. He isn't the same. He is a fifth. He is fifteen years old, and he used to be one point six meters. Five. Feet. He used to be what? One he's like making weird sounds oh why which doesn't happen to us a lot so mm. <clears throat> spooky <laughs> <laughs> okay uh let me repeat he is 15 years old and he used to be 1.6 meters uh, five feet three inches now he's 1.82 meters tall five feet 11.7 inches oh. almost six feet tall I feel very desperate, Señor Victor Manuel, because he says many things. Somebody's making, one of my kids is making noise outside. I'm sorry if you can hear that. Oh, shit. I thought you were going to be like, there's something making sounds here. and It's not my children. I had like a mini heart attack before you said it. No, it is my children. It is my children, 100%. Anyways, let me continue. Yes. She says, I feel very desperate, Señor Victor Manuel, because he says many things that I don't understand. It was very difficult to communicate. I asked him if he wanted help to talk to you guys about the scouts and if he wanted to help. He told me, yes, mom, we're going to gather a lot of people and we're going to help. Don't worry and go to sleep. So pause. Like she, she's like, again, very erratic not making much uh, sense in what she's saying. You, you have to uh, interpret her, her meanings a lot because mm-hmm. I was so confused listening to this because she's like, wait, wait, what, what, what about the boy scouts? Like, what is she talking about? Yeah. I was about to say what? 
I'm not sure if she, uh, if she means if he wanted to seek help for what was happening to him as you know, like I said, she's very distressed. Um, she's crying on and off and she's, she's sobbing as, um, as she's, she's on call with the, with the radio host and she continues. And right now that I looked, you are not going to believe me. He's levitating. He's floating. What the hell? He's floating half a meter above the floor. That's in American Holy. terms, one foot, six inches, roughly above the floor. He doesn't oh care God. if you make noise. He tells me he doesn't see, he doesn't hear, he doesn't feel. Please, if there's some someone who can tell me where to go, uh, who can tell me where to go. And at this moment, she's interrupted by Victor Manuel, the host of the show, and he says, he he asks her, that is at this moment he's levitating. She replies, "Listen, he's laying down and floating half a meter above his bed. I know you don't believe me. I know no one believes me. Only I who live with him and who am seeing him. And you do not know the nerves that I feel. You do not know if I sh if you should run or pray. I I don't know what to do. I went to a priest and they ignored me, Señor Victor Manuel. Oh my god. They say that that's nonsense. A lady helped me. She went on about spirits. I will repeat he has not lowered his grades. On the contrary, he has sharpened his intelligence. What has astonished me is what is happening now. It looks like he's dead, but he's floating half a meter above his bed. Uh. So she's watching this as she's uh, on the phone with the show host. She's like and looking at him. She's at looking yeah, at her son while she's on the telephone with the radio host. And I would like to remind everybody that this uh, show was first broadcast at three o'clock in the morning, which I did not even put, but this oh. was broadcast at three o'clock in the morning. This uh, is when this started. And so she's calling in the middle of the night, like, you know, witching hour, three, four, whatever time it was. And she's witnessing this. In the middle of the night, like no wonder she was distraught. I would so be too. Like, yeah. I, I mean, and then like I, I see what she means. Like, she doesn't know what she should do. Like, she wants to run, but that's her that's baby her child. Yes, yes. I just said that at the same time. <laughs> because yeah, what do you do? Like, um, I wow. Like you want to get the hell out of there because you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it was like all over the place. Um, let me see. I lost my place. Okay. Victor interrupts her by telling her it, that she needs to remain calm and then asks, do you two live alone? She then says she lives alone, which I'm guessing she means them. Like they live alone together. Just them two, no one else. Um, she continues to elaborate what she is doing. She pulled on the cord of the phone and exited the home to be as far away as possible from what is happening to her son. She says, I have the urge to run. I am terrified. I have never witnessed anything like this. My God. Victor then steps in and tells her that they will send out some people. I'm guessing to investigate, like, you know, some investigators from the show. Mm hmm. She continues to talk about his dramatic height growth and explains that the way he is growing is not normal. Each day he gets taller. She says last year he would always get second place when it came to his grades. Today, he schooled his teacher in mathematics. He came home laughing and told me, look, mom, my, my teacher did the math problem wrong and I taught her. 
And then she continues on the ceiling. He hangs like a pendulum swaying from one side to another. I don't know what to do. And his two friends, he had no longer our friends with him. What do I do? Senor Victor Manuel. I was like, what is he a vampire? Like he's on the ceiling, you know, swaying like, like what? That's a vampire. Wild. Yeah. (laughs) That's a vampire. For sure. Um, F that. Can you imagine? It's like three o'clock in the morning or whatever time of day you open your your door and your your child is on the ceiling hanging, swaying back and forth. Oh no. Um I eat my child. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeet. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Victor then continues. He's in trouble because the truth is what has happened to him is due to the fact that he played played the Ouija. Someone has been introduced into his body and is now using him. And then she begins to clarify that he has never harmed her nor destroyed or broken anything. The, uh, Victor agrees with her but elaborates that what she's feeling and witnessing is not good. And that her heightened emotions may lead her to get very sick. Victor then asks for her address so he can send out people to investigate. So at this point, she's like having like a pan, like, like it's almost like she's about to have a panic attack. She's not there yet, mm-hmm. but she's like, you know, um, compared to the audio from the beginning of the phone call to right now, she's a lot more, um, She's slowly growing more and more distressed. Um, Okay. So she interrupts Victor and says, wait, my son, wait. Victor proceeds to ask if her son is there. She begins to cry hysterically and says, yes, you will not believe me. You will not believe me. He's walking without touching the floor. Oh, my God. Um, At this point, her son is walking, levitating and walking towards her. She then repeats over and over, you will not believe me. You will not believe me. Like, it's continuous, continuous. You will not believe me. You will not believe me. And she's ha- she's going into a panic attack at this point. She's sobbing. She's hysterical. Victor tries to calm her down, and she continues to repeat. Again, you will not believe me. And in the background, you hear an unintelligible male voice. And then the call cuts off. And is that the end? That is the end. Um, so I'm, I'm going to continue. That's the end okay. of, of what Clarita says. For okay. many days after, Victor tried to find information on this woman. But they were unable to get a hold of her. And this after this call, there's two incidents that happened after, between a few days and a few weeks after Clarita called. So, um, you know, this was the time when they didn't take someone's information down in case the call got cut off. So, you know, if it got cut off, that was the end of it. Yes. For many days after Victor tried to find information on this woman, but they were unable to get a hold of her and they didn't have caller ID. So they had no way of like having her phone number and it cut before she even gave them the address. So I Googled for more information and the next stories I'm about to tell you, I am unsure if they're true or not. So Take the next two stories with a grain of salt. Three days after the call with Clarita, a young man called into the radio sh- radio show and, and said he had information about the woman. He says, I warned her not to mess with anything. She didn't understand. I told her to stop searching. He is strong. He can kill him. Back off. 
At this point, Victor is confused and asks the young man, what are you talking about? Who are you? And the young man continues, I am giving you a warning. Leave me alone. Listen back to the recording. Listen. And then this is where, again, the phone call ends. The next day, Victor Manuel and, and a specialist analyzed the audio and were astonished by what they found in the background audio between the cries and the wails. They heard someone, uh, something talking, and it said, I'm going to kill you, bitch. Everyone, I'm going to kill you. And if you keep looking for help, I'll kill you all. No one will help you. No one will help you. And I did listen to some of the audio that um, a YouTuber pro- provided that uh, the audio slowed down. And what I heard is don't be afraid. So I don't know if they mm. found anything else. And a bitch is not really trying to like search. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to send you a, my face while, you, while I heard that specific part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to like listen to the whole audio. Mm-mm, <laughs> I'm mm-mm. trying to get haunted. <laughs> Oof, my heart was racing. <laughs> and that was like the end of of the. That's like the first story. So the next story happens uh, several weeks later, and a man called in, terrified, claiming he knew what what happened to Clarita. The day Clarita called. In this happened. She's a building door woman. That day late at night and I and 10 other tenants heard her scream. We rushed downstairs and went to her house. She was on the phone asking someone for help. We later found out it was you she was talking to. She began to scream so loud that it disturbed us for a bit. She hung up the phone and asked us for help. We asked why and she pointed to her son's room. I have never seen anything like this. We were all petrified with fear. Her eldest son, not sure if you will believe this, was floating about 30 centimeters in the air. His eyes were completely white and a smile that I could not understand how he did. It was ear to ear, diabolical, with a knife covered in blood in his hand. Oh, oh. F that. Right? We don't know what to do, she said. He wanted to kill her. We ran to the building's courtyard. The young man followed us. He was floating in the middle of the building's courtyard. Oh, my God. What the? <laughs> I know. So he's, like, like floating, like, what, with all these people surrounding him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Superman up here. <laughs> right? Evil Superman. Evil Superman. Um. He began speaking strangely. So I'm guessing he started speaking in tongues right here is what he means. Mm-hmm. After witnessing this, someone some screamed while others started praying. One man decided to go behind the young man and pull his legs at this moment. It was like he fainted, but he wouldn't let go of the knife. We did the only thing we could do, and we called the priest. And again, the, the phone call cuts off, and... um. It is said after this recording, the studio uh, in the studio, the people who worked here could hear screams and voices within like th- th- their workplace and stuff inside the recording studio. And some workers were injured by an invisible, invisible force. They felt like they were pushed, like something was trying to like throw them or something. And one worker was in a car crash because he saw a face on his car window. Like appear oh on his. Oh my god! Yeah, 
And after that, it is said that they changed the time from 3 a.m. to 12 a.m., the radio show. Okay. Nobody wanted to, nobody wanted to uh, be there at 3 o'clock in, uh, in the morning, the witching Understandable. hour. <laughs> Which, like, yeah. Because, you know, everything, like, 12 is, like, really late to do a show. But 3 a.m., 3 a.m. has that, like, Extra. occult yeah. shit linked to it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Wow. Wow. So I don't know if the last two stories are true, but for those of you who do uh, speak Spanish or can find uh, a captioned audio of this woman's call, I would suggest Googling it and listening to it. It is very disturbing. Like, listen to it during the day because I did the mistake of listening (laughs) to it at night. (laughs) Yeah. Like, literally, I was listening until like at 2 or 1 o'clock in the morning, so... Ew. <laughs> Not the smartest idea, but look up uh, Clarita's, uh, El Caso de Clarita. It wow. was very disturbing. I'm I'm disturbed, yeah. <laughs> I feel very unsettled. Yes. <laughs> My kids huh. know they're going to get yeeted if they pull some shit like this. Same. <laughs> <laughs> they're not my kids anymore. Yeet. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, me, me now? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so uh, brace yourselves, MJ and listeners, because this is very long. So mine is uh, El Caso de Josue, probably the most famous case from La Mano Peluda. Yeah. And it, this case, when it was heard, it terrified many people, but it also has like more attached to it than just yeah, what happened? Call. Yeah, than just the phone call. Yes. Including death. That's, yeah. Okay, so El Gato de Josue. Like so many have done before him, in 2002, Jose, Josue Velasquez called into La Mano Peluda from El Monte in California. And what he told Juan Ramon Science terrified 15 million listeners. And more because it was uploaded to YouTube and then the case blew up on YouTube as well mm-hmm. later. Josue told Juan Ramon that when he was 16, he made a pact with the devil in exchange for money and economic power. But but with every bit of money or power he gained, he experienced grave consequences and he did horrible things in exchange. So when Josue was 14, his family entered a severe financial crisis. And keep in mind, they were upper middle class before, and so they were not accustomed to being poor af i guess uh so they lost it all and they were um yeah accustomed to a certain lifestyle and as any child would you know seeing their parents their siblings and themselves just going through this uh they would you know anyone would do anything in their power to help most people would look for jobs Mm -hmm. you know um maybe i mean some people might you know start doing some illegal things for money and josue says he tried many things to make money Uh, But then he tried something else. He found a book on witchcraft and sorcery, and the book had ways to contact demons. And um, so he thought this was the way he was going to make money. Mm. 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 (laughs) I'd rather be poor, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Yeah. And so... The book contained a spell to summon a specific demon. And when I was listening to this, I was replaying because I couldn't understand the name. 
And I was like, I don't want to replay this this many times. <laughs> and then I made MJ <laughs> listen to it and tell me the name. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the book contained a spell to summon Lucifuge Ruffacal. I don't know how to say that. Yeah, I think it's Lucifuge Ruffacale. The way he said it is Ruff. Well, he said it in Spanish. Yeah. Ruffacale. What, something I'm, like that. I'm guessing it's yeah what what <laughs> like, yeah what <laughs> yeah, his, whatever his name is like hard to pronounce um yeah. i guess I, ch- we'll put it in the show notes you guys yeah it'll can, be like, in there <laughs> like school um, us on yeah. pronunciation or something and apparently he's the what he's he, in he charge was, of the money of yeah of like finances or something and i'm like i was like they have money in hell like Does he, he's in charge of like the cover the part of like government oh or something. I had it written down. Why did I erase it? <laughs> head of uh, head of. Let me see. Lucifuge Rofocal. and I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. It says the Latin pronunciation here. I'm not even trying to do that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> not I. Not, not in Latin. No, no. <laughs> 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 he's the demon in charge of hell's government and treasury by order of lucifer yeah weird <laughs> google trying to trick me to say it and right like, mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. not today <laughs> not today google <laughs> anyway um so yeah josue tried and tried and nothing was happening he became desperate he wanted money his original motive was to help his family so he found a different book and he prayed and prayed. I'm not sure praying is the right word here, but whatever. <laughs> he learned different spells, invocations. He begged and begged. And he said, please show yourself to me. I want to see you. And it wasn't until a year and a half later that he had results. What? And this gets dark. And by the way, in case you didn't know. <laughs> Warning. All right. So as part of a ritual, Josue cut his veins and invoked the name of this demon. Josue expected to see a horned figure with a tail, but instead it was a skinny man. Josue asked, who are you? And it responded, didn't you want to see me? Ugh, ugh. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> anyway, I creeped myself out. <laughs> this is just fucking creepy, so I'm going to keep it doing is. this. The whole, the whole part, I'm just going to stop mean, and be like, The ah. whole story is creepy. I only listened to it once, and this was like a long time ago, and I was like, once it's enough for me Once again, <laughs> i had to replay it so many times i was like oh my god this is terrible <laughs> but i did it during the day i was smart anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay so josue replied you can't be the devil and it said i am not i am and then he doesn't say the name josue doesn't say mm-hmm. he doesn't want to understandably so mm-hmm. he said it in latin that's why yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> And since that moment, the demon has been following Josue. It taught Josue how to do many things, control people, control animal, different curses. But Josue didn't want to learn these things. He wanted money. But it told him, none of that matters anymore. For now, you will get whatever you want from whoever you want. It instructed Josue to gather six friends for a ceremony. And after that moment, he would never need material things again. It prepared Josue for eight months. It instructed Josue to use a baby goat. What are they called? Uh, kids? Aren't yes, they called kids? I think. 
Mm. Okay. Mm. <laughs> For the ceremony. But it required more. More rituals. More things. It oh. asked Josue for a newborn baby, and Josue was willing to do it. But he didn't, apparently. I don't know why. Anyway, these rituals took place at Josue's home at first, but then he was instructed to go to a little cave that was in un cerro, and I don't know what that is in English, like a hill? Uh, like a mountain? Uh, I don't even know how to like say it. Um, It's like a hill, but it's bigger than a hill. It's like a... I don't know. There's like so many terminologies in Spanish that I don't. Yeah, I know. Oh, peak. Peak. A peak. Yes. That's what I'm looking for. I just Googled it. <laughs> Thanks, Google, for this. For this one. For yeah. this time. <laughs> um, so he, yeah, he it instructed Josue to move his ceremonies to a cave in a peak. And Josue began doubting this thing. He had many conversations with shamans, with brujos, brujas, curanderos. And after months, he was tired of this, After tired of following order after order and not having much to show from it. So he seeked a different book. He began doing the prayers from that book in his living room at 10 p.m. And then at 2 a.m., exhausted, Josue went to bed. At that very moment, out of nowhere, a pig, and he says marrano. Um, I don't know if that's a different type of pig. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's the same kind of pig. It's just a normal pig. Yeah. It's just that I call them cerdos. So I was like, yeah, cerdos and then marranos are, are like a like slang for it. Because, okay. Unless it's like, is it, a, would it be a wild boar? Wait, I almost no. thought that for a second. I don't know. Let me see. I'm looking it up. Oh, you're looking at it. Okay. Yeah, it just says pig. Okay. So it's just a normal pig, your everyday pig. <laughs> so, yes, your everyday normal pig began attacking his mother. Only this pig wasn't normal. It stood on two legs and it pulled her Swiss mom with its arms yeah right what the fuck (laughs) it screamed but not like a pig Josue yelled at it leave my mother I am here I called you and then the pig beckoned him to follow after setting foot outside Josue does not remember much but he felt like he was flying they arrived to the little cave in the peak and entered once in the cave the pig turned into a man and then into a woman and it kept disappearing and reappearing. So at moments, Josue couldn't see it. And he would repeat, let me talk to you. I want to see you. It then touched its forehead and he passed out. He spent 21 days in this cave. And in the cave, he felt at peace. He didn't even try to leave. He thought he would finally get what he wanted. Money, power, woman. And let's remember that this began because he wanted to help his family. But now it's diff- it's, it's evolved. Selfish. Yeah. Yeah. They gave Josue a ring, they being it, this thing, whatever. I don't know what to call this it. This entity. It. Yes. It gave Josue a ring called El Anillo de Solomon. Mm. Solomon's ring. ring. yeah. The ring had the ability to summon any demon, and this demon would give Josue what he wanted. But in order to use it, Josue had to sacrifice a family member, which he did. What? He contemplated on who? His mom? No, he loved her. His siblings? No, this was all for them. That left one person, his grandma. Mm, so sad. I remember that. Yep. She was old. She lived a full life, so he was willing to do that. And he did, carefully following their instruction. And these following details were not in the original phone call. He was unwilling to say exactly what he had to do to his grandma. He just said, I did horrible things to her body. But in a different podcast, which I really love, it's called Leyendas Legendarias. They said that Josue 
drugged her with chloroform. Asfi- asf- I can't say this word. Asphyxiated. Yes. As- yes, that. Her. <laughs> I was going to try. And then he cut pieces of her skin from her back. And this is what he used to write the contract. What? With the entities. When his grandmother's body was found, she had no marks, which surprised Josue due to the things that he had to do. And apparently, you know, the demons, they, I don't know, covered it up, I guess. Hid their tracks. Yeah. Hmm. And so he was never arrested. It looked like a natural death. Nothing suspicious. After this moment, Josue began seeing different entities and they tormented him. Again and again, he heard, why have you done this? Why have you done this? Wow. Josue used his newfound powers to get more. He used them to uh, get a career without finishing school. He became some sort of bacterial bacteria scientist. Scientist, yeah. He started a business in the United States. And although he was promised riches by these entities, these were riches that he couldn't even use. Every time he got money, like let's say $15,000, it disappeared in a day and he had to use it all in one day. He couldn't use it to help his family. What? And this was the reason he did all this in the first place. If he gave the money with the intention of helping someone, horrible things happened to Josue. He was attacked by these entities. Once he um, helped a man like on the street or something with this money, mm-hmm. and he was attacked by a woman with long black hair and a dress, and she had no legs. And oh. um, apparently she ab- uh, sexually abused him. So and and this happened every time he used the money to help anyone. What? And she has been by his side since the time he helped that man. So yeah. she like con- constantly abuses him, even like mm-hmm. or wow. Yeah, Juan Ramon asks him, "Is she there with you now?" And he says, "Yes, she's right behind me." It's no. so creepy hearing that. Yeah, and then he stops the phone call to light a candle because she was bothering him, and apparently this calms her down. Then he said, she's sitting in front of me, and then noises are heard, and he sounds like he's in pain when he's talking after this. Oh, poor guy. And then he tells Juan Ramon, the noises that are heard don't scare him, but then he starts crying out of nowhere, and um, he says that the woman has something in her hand, and he's like, please no, please no, and just like hysterically crying. And he says that she has uh, an inverted cross with an eye in her hand, and when he sees this... He's supposed to die. What the hell? Then Josue tells him that um, he believes in God and that God can help him. And he cries and cries. And he says something in like a different language to keep the entities away for a little bit. Josue continues telling um, Juan Ramon that he has seek the help of many priests, different churches. He prays to God for help and he is like tired because he doesn't hear anything from him. And he knows that when he speaks to the entities, they respond right away. And he's like, why does God not do that? Hmm. And yeah, right. And then Josue um, continues crying. He doesn't want to die. He wanted all that money to have fun, to travel, to enjoy it. And he hasn't been able to do this. He can't get rid of this ring. He tried once and dislocated his finger. What the hell? Yeah, the ring can spin around in his hand, but it can't. he cannot remove it. So the time he, he tried to remove the ring and dislocated his finger, um, he also had bruises that were in weird specific shapes appear all over his body. Josue also said his face was changing. His nose was growing. 
you could see differences in pictures from when all this started from before it happened. It's gross. Yeah. <laughs> so Juan Ramon then uh, hangs up and gets a priest on the line, calls Josue back. The father tells Josue he's on the right track. He knows he's made a mistake. He's asking for forgiveness. And he's like, this isn't going to be easy. It's going to be very hard. So during the phone call, Josue's like, I've tried to break my contract. But the entities told him they could never get rid of, he could never get rid of them. The gift they gave him cannot be taken back. Juan Ramon asked Josue if he was alone in that moment. And Josue says, yes, I live alone. But Juan Ramon repeats, are you alone? And he says, yes, I live alone. And Juan Ramon again is like, okay, but are you alone? And then he's like, no, there's four entities here with me right now. Yeah. Right? And then uh, Juan Ramon asks the priest what Josue needs to do. And during while the priest is saying everything he needs to do, he's like praying, telling him, repeat after me, repeat these things. There's other voices that can be heard that are not Josue's that weren't there before. And they sound weird. It's very strange to listen to, unsettling. <laughs> and then Josue starts coughing and almost vomiting. Ew. And then, yeah, and then you can hear some sort of beeping after that. And Josue tells them that this is like some sort of monitor that tells them his heart is working too hard. And all this is happening while happening while the priest is praying, which is weird. <laughs> the priest then asks Juan Ramon to read Psalm 121. Josue grabs his Bible, but he can't open it. Uh, he can't pick it up, actually. He says it's super heavy. He tried to pick it up and it immediately fell to the floor and then he couldn't open it. It just wouldn't budge open. What the hell? Yeah, fucking weird. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the priest, he just continues um, repeat praying, really. Mm-hmm. Um, something about like open it. Oh, he he continues saying open the Bible in the name of Jesus Christ. He just says that again and again. Josue continues oh. coughing and throwing up while he's saying this. And then after that, they, they, they like say, okay, you know what? We'll read this to you. And you just repeat after us. They don't even try to get him to pick it up anymore. So then the priest begins reading Psalm 121 and asks Josue to repeat after him. And he begins reading it. And then Josue freaks out. And he's like, no, 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 no. I can't use this. This is how I summon them. What? Yeah. What the hell? (laughs) Wait. So there is uh, the psalm in the Bible. What was it? 121. And I'm not going to look it up. (laughs) I'm going to look it up. (laughs) <laughs> one twenty one. Yeah, that's what they said. And initially, it it looks very um very like wholesome, but it it's uh like a, a prayer to ask for help, hmm. which I'm guessing he used this, but instead of asking God, he the same prayer, but to ask them. This is weird. I yeah. Like I would read it. Do you want me to read it or no? No, no, I don't. <laughs> Look it up yourself, people. I'm sorry. <laughs> Psalm I'm, 121. I'm yes, Psalm 121. <laughs> okay, so. So Josue continues crying, but the priest convinces him to do to repeat after him. And then he says, they're back and they're tormenting him. But he continues repeating the, the prayer. 
And you can hear Josue crying in between this. And then there's a laughter, like a weird ass laughter. Yes. Okay. I'm going to listen. I didn't listen to the whole thing because I wanted to wait on your notes. But like I said, I've only listened to this once ever in my life. And it was like a while back. Mm -hmm. So after this, after this recording, I'm going back and listening to the whole thing. (laughs) It's, It's unsettling. I, I recommend that if you know Spanish to do it. It's, oh my God. <laughs> it's something else. Even if you don't, just listen. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, hard to understand if you yeah, don't. Yeah, but they could still guess and they could like hear the shit in the back. True. <laughs> and I think uh, YouTube has uh, captions. Automated yeah, but, captions. but if a person doesn't fix them, they're all wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Which they probably didn't. I doubt it. Okay. Hmm. So after this laughter is heard, Josue tells the priest to take care of himself because the demons are going after him now. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, but this doesn't phase the priest. He continues praying. When they're done, he tells Josue, never call them again. Don't even think about them. And this is just more, a little bit more of like praying back and forth, repeating after the... And then Josue, before he hangs up, he tells them he hopes he's alive next time he speaks to them. And... Juan Ramon agreed to call Josue back a few days after. And when he tried, Josue did not answer. Instead, one of his employees did. Mm-hmm. Josue was in the hospital. He had been badly beaten. And this is what the employee is telling Juan Ramon. And then Juan Ramon um, finds where Josue is, calls the hospital. Josue tells him the entities that were present during the phone call returned. They destroyed his room, knocked down bookshelves, light bulbs exploded. Chairs and other furniture were flying around. And then a giant shadow got in front of Josue and said, We warned you, now you will be punished and you will rot in hell. And then it grabbed a crucifix. And coincidentally, it was a crucifix that was gifted to him by, to uh, Josue by his grandmother. (gasps) And then the shadow stabbed him in the stomach with it. What? Yeah. Josue bled and passed out. And then he woke up days later in the hospital. He doesn't remember anything until he until Juan Ramon tried to or until Juan Ramon contacted him again. After that, Juan Ramon continued to try and contact Josue, but he was unsuccessful. He was so worried about Josue that he went to the United States to look for him. Let's remember Juan Ramon Science is in Mexico, where the mm-hmm. show is recorded. Uh, so he went all the way to California to look for him. He knew the street that the house was located at, and he uh, asked around. Locals showed him what house it was, but warned him not to go because horrible people lived there and it was haunted. But Juan Ramon was so worried he went anyway. And so when he knocked, a pale, skinny man holding a black cat answered the door. He could see the living room and the house, everything was huge, but it was a mess and it smelled disgusting, like Ew. sulfur or something. Ew. Mm-hmm. The thing said, the thing, sorry, the pale skinny man, whatever. The it thing. said, yeah, <laughs> what do you want? And Juan Ramon asked for Josue. It only, the man only shook his head and closed the door. Juan Ramon then returned to Mexico and Josue contacted him two weeks later. And after hearing what happened to Juan Ramon at his house, Josue informed him, that's not possible. Nobody's supposed to be at my house. It's empty. And then Juan Ramon described the house thinking maybe he was at the wrong place. But Josue confirmed that it was his house and it should have been empty. Um, So this was possibly that same entity. 
Ew. Because in the oh, cave. Oh, 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 yeah. the, the first one from the first one, the old guy. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Because that's what he looked like, a pale, skinny man. Ew. <laughs> Ew. He had, like, face. Oh, my God. He sat face to face. Yes. With- and he didn't even know it. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Juan Ramon Sáenz um, also went on to say that after the phone call, or sorry, during the phone call, the room, the recording room grew unbelievably cold. Um, there were, when they were, uh, Juan Ramon and the priest were reading from the Bible, the page they were reading from curled up on its own. And then there was a laptop in the room that like barked, like, like not blew ew. up, but like it popped and there were sparks coming from it. Ew, ew, ew. Yeah. Ew. Weird. And so after the time that Josue called Juan Ramon back. He didn't hear from him until nine years later. What? Yeah. Like, okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> so nine years after the call, Juan Ramon met with Josue and a team from TV Azteca, uh, from the show Extra Normal, which we've talked about. And they wanted to document how Josue was doing. Josue insisted that the meeting had to occur on a lake. I don't know why. <laughs> but during hell? the interview, yeah. During the interview, Juan Ramon confessed that for weeks after helping Josue, strange things began happening in his home. He felt his bed shake. There was always a weird, like, wind behind his ear. And I guess these things maybe went after Juan Ramon and didn't like that they helped. He tried to help Josue. Mm-hmm. During the interview uh, with Josue on the boat, Juan Ramon felt a pain in his stomach. <gasps> after the TV show aired... Juan Ramon passed away due to a stomach bacteria. The cameraman that was there was also hospitalized due to some gallbladder issue. He's okay. The host of Normal, who hosted the meeting, was in a car accident, spent months like having to do physical therapy. He's alive too. And then the priest, Roberto Guas- Guaso is his name, the priest that was on the phone with them, mm-hmm. also died um, from heart issues. So many believe that Juan Ramon and the priest died because of Josue. And especially because during the interview, apparently Josue still had the ring on. Wait, is there video of this? Or no? A little bit. I don't think the interview... Oh, no, you know what? Yeah, the whole thing. I've saw clips of it. Yeah, it is... It is. Um, the Google interview it. on the boat is... Yeah, you can find it on YouTube. Gonna Google that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and note the... Demon we mentioned earlier, Lusa, whatever, Rofus, whatever. A homeboy <laughs> that's in charge of the money. Yes. He also apparently can make people sick, hmm. which is why people connected Juan Ramon's and the priest's death specifically mm-hmm. to Josue, thinking that he traded, basically traded his life for theirs. I'll go into it a little bit after this paragraph here. So in 2012, a Mexican paranormal YouTuber tried to debunk Josue's story and basically failed. He like interviews him and Josue's story doesn't change. He doesn't look like he's lying. Facts are, you know, nothing changed. And so either Josue is like this amazing actor and this was all fake. But I don't know because there's just so many coincidences that are weird. And like, and there's eerie. so many people who experiences with him like yes like even if it was fake like the the priest and and what's his name juan ramon yeah juan ramon can uh were both there yeah while that was happening so 
you have already the two witnesses right there that weren't even in the same room with uh, Josue experiencing stuff. And then mm-hmm. you have the people from TV Azteca. Yeah. Who weird things happen to weird them. Weird shit happened to them too. So, you know, if, if it was only um, Josue, fine. But why is everybody else also experiencing things? Exactly. It's weird. There's just so many weird coincidences. Mm-hmm. There are many fans of La Mano Peluda that believe that Josue made another pact and traded his life for Juan Ramon Sainz's life. If you recall, during the phone call, Josue sees this inverted crucifix with an mm-hmm. eye that's supposed to mean he is to die. But mm-hmm. he, you know, obviously didn't, didn't. die. Yeah. No. So the theory is that he gave up Juan Ramon's life instead. And the priest. Because they got two for one. Mm-hmm. Damn. So I don't know. Which I don't even like. L- listen, Josue already like. If he traded it all, he's gonna go to hell anyways. Yeah. Right. So, boy, you're gonna be there in a few years. Yeah. It's not a trade off. It's just you're waiting. You just yeah. have to wait longer. Yeah. So as if this whole thing wasn't creepy enough, along with the phone call, and then you add in the weirdness. The weird things that happened to Juan Ramon during the phone call, the weeks after their first phone call, and then you add in the the deaths, you know, that all Mm -hmm. that is, you know, creepy enough. But just to add to all the weirdness of this tale, people who were listening to the original phone call, a lot of listeners said that they experienced super weird things while tuning in. So one taxi driver named Josue Rodriguez from Merida, Yucatan, he was working his 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. shift while listening to La Mano Peluda, which he usually did. The Mm -hmm. only thing different, obviously, was that this was the case he was listening to. So he picked up a woman, her mother, and a little girl, which at the time he didn't know was a little girl. She was wrapped up in a blanket. Uh And um, so the thing in the blanket that he didn't know was a little girl yet. It was she was twisting and turning and yelling with the most like terrifying, horrific voice that didn't sound like it belonged to a little girl. Ew. Yeah. And then every time that she yelled and twisted and turned, the taxi became uncontrollable. He had to try as hard as he could to prevent from getting in a car accident. And it turns out that, yeah, it was a five-year-old little girl, and he would have never guessed. The older woman requested that they be taken to a church. He wanted to go to a hospital, but that's what they got in the taxi for, to go to a church. And yeah, every time that the little girl twisted and screamed, the taxi violently shook. And they believed that the little girl was possessed. So that's one thing. (laughs) That's weird. Yeah. Another listener, uh, Roberto, heard this on the radio originally in 2002, and he remembers hearing disembodied voices for weeks after the episode finished. Another mm. listener named Mayela claims that the <laughs> claims that the volume of her radio turned up on its own, changed stations by itself, and then she also began hearing strange noises afterward. And then another listener claims that the items on his desk flew off during the episode. And then on top of those, you know, three specific cases, so many listeners claim to feel like a negative energy and even feel sick while listening to the episode. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I wasn't recording, but MJ, you went back and found the interview. And it turns out that Josue claims to have seen like 
what pro rich um, poli yeah. politicians so Jos Josue like I, I went back and found a video where um the people who were there on, on the live interview look back at what happened and recount their stories and according to them Josue said something about something along the lines of that he used to go to like group rituals and in that group ritual there would be very powerful politicians there so take that with a grain of salt guys but um yeah that's crazy <laughs> so um that was the very weird case of Josue mm -hmm. and that brings us to the end and you guys I have to say like if this is anything like our way chivo episode where if you research it, maybe things can like happen. I fucking please hope not. I, please be careful. Like I, I hope not either. Please be careful. That yeah. um, make sure you're mentally in a good space because if you know if you're already going through stuff, do not psych yourself out even more. I think mostly ninety nine percent of the time it's your where you are mentally. Like yeah, it could be you freaking out yourself. But either way, don't do that. Yeah. So yeah, just. Be wary of listening to the original phone call because it is unsettling. Yes. Do you have any uh, spooky recommendations this week? Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Uh, I'm trying to see. My brain just went blank. Spooky recommendations. Oh, my God. I can't think of anything right now. Okay, I have one. Oh, I don't have a specifically an, a spooky recommendation, but I bought my son... Uh, Radium Girls books for kids though. Um, it's ages like nine through twelve. So the Radium is Girls. The, is, oh, okay, I read. I didn't know there was a kids version of it. Yeah, there's a kids version of it. Um, so it's more, it's less graphic, but it is very much. Um, uh, I think a very terrifyingly true, spooky to me uh thing you know it's like it's what horror movies are made out of <laughs> yeah it's in uh, my opinion it's yeah it's sad um but i think it also is a story that needs to be told because these women were silenced were gaslit and they continued to do so until i mean the use of radium didn't stop till the 1970s and this story happened wild in like the 30s 20s something along those lines i think but, was it after world war ii or world was war it one I, I think it's after world war one okay so you know it they covered it up for lots like decades so yeah it was it, um, good, i listened to the uh audiobook when i was pregnant the first time and oh my god it was a mess i shouldn't have i was crying it's was, so sad mad. <laughs> I was so mad. And especially when you find out, like, the guy who settled it out of court that he had, like, well, you guys read the book. And there's multiple books, but just, like, learn the story. It's a good story to it is. learn. Um, and then my spooky recommendation is the show Midnight Mass. It's newer on Netflix. It's a slow, slow start. Like, you know how they say that it's a slow burn. Mm -hmm. uh, the first three episodes, you're like, uh, when when are things going to pick up? But then they do, and it's wild. So, Oh, it reminds me of, like, uh, Salem's Lot or something like that. Like, it's just, uh, it's good. It's good. 
I want I I that's on my to be watched list. Um, should we also recommend Squid Games? It is like a thriller. I don't know if. Um, oh man, I enjoyed it. I did. I I'm obsessed. I'm on episode six. I have been able to watch it because my kids, uh, my my daughter specifically, has been uh, wanting to sleep with me at night. So even you know after they go to bed, I can't watch anything. <laughs> Yeah, and the only reason I've been able to watch so many shows right now is because um, of the baby. Because <laughs> then I watch things while I'm up at random hours of the night. Yeah, I need to catch up with that. I'm obsessed. It's good. Although, if you're one of those people that are like, I don't watch things to read, then I wouldn't watch it because it, you can't watch it dubbed. It's Yeah, and, and come on. Like, I'm sorry. Like, l- learn to read closed caption unless you have like dyslexia which yeah you know, exactly. understandable but yeah, otherwise yeah. in that come on pick up the pace <laughs> no, yeah, yeah judging you side eye major <laughs> judgment side eye <laughs> just yeah kidding. if you like gory gory shows this is it squid game is good yes it's so good um so they uh a spooky and don't go looking for books to invoke demons and don't take the easy way out, guys. It never ends well. Never. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Also true. And the easy way out is not easy. It's harder. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It ends up being worse and worse. Yeah. <laughs> we'll catch everyone next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>